Hi everyone, it's Bert from Season Gaming and welcome to this week's BitCast. We're at BitCast 43, last week in January, so this crazy year is going fast already. Joined as usual by Ains and Dan, and this week we don't have as much news as we usually do just because of where we are in the year. We're going to be talking about the upcoming schedule as far as games releasing. We'll be doing our same fun on-the-spot question, and this week Ains is going to try to stump us on Name That Game. So let's get started with our short news segment this week, and we're going to be talking about Metroid Prime. So this kind of hit the end of this week with a video that came directly from Nintendo and they were talking about how Metroid Prime 4 has been somewhat squashed, canceled, slash rebooting, whatever you want to call it. What they've done is literally restart Metroid Prime 4 development. So Dan, let's start out with you. You play a lot of Switch. I, I know you're kind of waiting for some good software to kind of get there from a first party perspective. You play a lot more third party lately. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Metroid guy, so it's it's really disappointing. But I also want a quality product. So with everything else out there, this doesn't you know hurt my feelings too much. But you know, Retro Studios is the ones that did the other ones, right? The last Prime games, is that correct? Yeah, they've done okay. one for three Primes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's in good hands. You know, I've loved those games. So um, just you know, bring it on. You know, the Switch definitely needs some more uh first party stuff that isn't a port so <laughs> this is kind of you know you know it's good news it's bad news it's kind of both but it, it is what it is I'm, I'm i'm gonna play it when it comes out i will have it ready to go so not this year it doesn't look like them no it's yeah a long time and yeah. how about yourself what do you think here yeah metroid's one of the ones i really like uh on the nintendo side so i'm looking forward to it i think this is good news as dan said you know there's so much to play I'd much rather them take them take their time and deliver a triple A game. Um, I also like that Nintendo came out and just posted a video, you know, of the, their game director just talking plainly and simply and saying, here's why and here's what we're doing. Um, I like that transparency from Nintendo. So I thought that was good as well. Uh, the only thing I want to harp about real quickly, if you'll let me, is <laughs> can we all just agree um, to, to judge delays in one way um because depending on the game and developer it's like if there's a delay you get people yelling about it and screaming about it and then others are like oh delays are awesome and it's like there's no consistency in how we judge delays um and this came to mind because i was listening to a podcast about um on playstation and they were talking about dreams a game that you know we've talked about and dan and i i know have said are really anxious for so that game debuted at the PS4 reveal event in 2013, five and a half years ago. It's still not out and we're still talking about it. And everyone's just saying like, it's gonna be great, you know? Yet then someone says, oh, you excited about Crackdown 3? And it's like, oh, that game's finally coming out. It's like, and then we yeah. get Metroid Prime 4 and it's like, oh, this delay could be really good. And it's like, there's no consistency. I just wish there was consistency. Overall, generally speaking, delays are good. It gives more time for development better than a rush product. So I like this. I just wish that uh, people would look at them holistically across the board rather than dismissing some games and not others. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. Another funny example there is Final Fantasy VII remake, (laughs) (laughs) which I can't help but laughing about. Yeah, I think I think the difference here is kind of like where the fanboys take it to. You know, um, you know, they were talking about how Final Fantasy was going to be this amazing game, and we have to kind of love it, and now it's it's delayed, and you know, they're just working on it to figure it out, and then we kind of find out they were never really in full development. They were focusing on Kingdom Hearts, and so there's just a lot of things here. One thing that was funny to me in this announcement was. Uh, the treatment from just a platform perspective. So Nintendo is not exactly known as being a transparent, you know, platform no. maker or anything. A lot of stuff happens in the back end we don't know about. Um, and now that they're doing this, I, I applaud them for finally doing this, but it's not like they have a history of being transparent on any of their game development, not just, you know, Metroid. So glad they did that. I mean, it was kind of funny to kind of see him come out and just pretty much say, hey, we're not happy with where the development was. But let's let's talk about another game that the uh, certain maker by you know their initials M Microsoft MS was not happy about, and they ended up kind of canceling that game. And what happened when that happened? You know, they, the whole world came into a crash, and Microsoft's dead. Xbox is a failed console, etc. So, very different reception as you're talking about here. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens with it. I mean, they it, from what the announcement sounded like, it pretty much said you know find something else to play for a while because Metroid yeah. Prime is not coming out for a while. Um, and this was actually talked about during our, you know, what's coming up with Switch here in the next, uh, in the year of 2019. A lot of people had speculated that Prime was maybe going to be in the fall or something. And I was like, I don't know about that, guys. I, I'm not sure if that's coming. We don't know if Bayonetta is coming um, this year either. Still no release window even of that game. So uh, we've got Yoshi coming out soon. And that's kind of all they have from a, you know, first party perspective that we know about and are looking forward to. But, you know, this could really kind of put some bad news in the Nintendo first party world. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so I, I think that leaves what? Their big fall game, unless it gets delayed, is uh, Pokemon, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have an official date there either for Pokemon. No. So I don't know. It, it's as we as we will talk about coming up in sales numbers, and that's actually a good, <laughs> a good reason to, to segue to it. So let's talk about consoles. So as, as the year ended, uh, 2018 and obviously last month, uh, NPD did release some sale numbers for us to kind of look at. Um, first of all, in December, um, it was obviously Switch that sold with Microsoft actually coming up second with their Xbox One and PlayStation 4 coming in three as far as December sales. When we look at the year sales and consoles, no surprise here. The Switch did really, really well. If you look at it throughout the year, as I kind of joked uh, in a few other podcasts or whatever, that we did, it's up and down. So they did have a very strong start of the year. Sales kind of dipped a little bit, and they picked up again like crazy in the fall with some of their uh, better releases. So Switch, number one seller for consoles in 2018. You guys expected this one? Surprise? What do you think? Yeah, I expected it. Um, we talked about we Switch just seemed to be on fire late in the year with the release of uh, Pokemon in particular. And, um, you know, I, I we've talked about it at length, so I won't harp on it, but it, it, it's just interesting. Um, there's not a whole lot new there. There's a million ports. Um, they've got some great indie game support, which I love, but I think uh, you touched on it before. I think it's just that portable factor and the fact that you're getting... Uh, a Nintendo product that seems to be hot. The Nintendo IPs are there. The portability factor is there from the DS side, and uh, it's just all coming together for them. So these lack of gigantic, um, you know, first-part exclusives, uh, not really hurting them too much. Now, of course, Smash was a massive, massive success, right? So that was a big reason it killed in December. But as you were just saying, you know, what's the first half or even 2019 look like? There's not a whole lot there. But I, I bet you it still sells well. I mean, Switch is on pace to to continue selling, you know, as we've seen. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we look at it, you know, through our perspective, you know, the one percenters, you know, and and whoa, whoa, rich guy. I'm just saying we <laughs> we, you know, what, 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 what we see here on Twitter is that we are, you know, <clears throat> we see it through these, you know, first party exclusives. There are people out there that play these video games, a large majority of them that doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. So so, you know, I understand how it's selling so well because you know this is for more of a casual fan um of just video games everybody knows the name so obviously they're going to gravitate towards that super smash brothers everybody knows smash brothers and mario and stuff like that but you know if i went and saw my mom and said hey master chief is who the hell is master chief but i said mario you know my 65 year old mother will know what it is so it, it's this world yeah right you know everybody knows it it's going to continue to sell well because it's Nintendo, and that's really all you can say about it. You know, yeah, we get to get a lot of ports. I bought them all, but <laughs> you know, it's still fun. You know, it's still I still enjoy playing it. Um, like a lot of indie games now, I'd get on the Switch. You know, just for that portability factor, like you said, Ains. Um, if I'm going out of town for the weekend. I'll just grab that and take it with me. So it does have its benefits, um, and it does not surprise me one bit that it's sold more than everything else. So. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing because uh, recently people have been talking about you know in between the Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch, how many pieces of software units sold does the average gamer have? So you you were talking about you know the hardcore gamer versus the casual gamer. So the the casual gamer on the Switch side only has three to four titles, mm -hmm. um, whereas the Xbox owner is going to have somewhere between five and six. And funny enough, the PlayStation owner is going to have four to five. So. If there are people been talking that if you're the average Xbox and you play more from a digital perspective because of Game Pass. Now that can turn into a whole different other conversation. But, you know, from the PlayStation perspective, you know, you're buying somewhere in between four to five is what they were talking about as well. So uh, I think a lot of the, the Switch sales can be due just to how bad of a, I guess, failure. And I put that in quotes because... Um, it did pretty well, but not really compared to the competition. It got decimated. But if uh, a lot of people didn't know the Wii U was a console, they thought it was an attachment to the Wii. And so the, a lot of the software that came out on the Wii U was skipped. And so the Nintendo fans gravitated to the handheld 3DS. The Switch comes out and they literally recycle their content to reach the people that didn't play that before. So that's kind of, for us more hardcore gamers, I did play the Wii U as we always talk about. The stuff we've already played, we don't really have as much interest to go back to. So we're kind of like, where's the games? We need something else to play. So to each their own, as we always say, the Switch has been a massive seller. We'll see if the crazy steam continues in 2019. Um, they, you have to have some kind of software to buy the console. If not, the people that already have a Switch aren't going to really have anything to, to continue to play. And then the people that don't have a Switch either already have it or are maybe going to pick it up for that software that's going to draw them into picking that up. So that's where we'll see what happens in 2019. Um, let's talk about software sold. So with the consoles and the end of the year of, of 2018, what actually was the top selling uh, software? So let's talk about that really quick. So number one, not really a big surprise, Red Dead Redemption 2 cross-platform. Tons of uh, sales figures were coming out when this game came out. Um, where it is a big surprise for me was that it outsold some of the other big stuff that we'll talk about next. But Damn right. we, all, we all play. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about how far people actually got into the game later. I, I love you, Rockstar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's sold like crazy. Um, I, I, funny enough, I was in the UK 
uh, when the game released and it was just advertised everywhere. You can go anywhere around the UK and I'm sure it was the same way around the world. Billboards everywhere for Red Dead. So amazing marketing team there and it's Rockstar. So it's gonna do really well. Uh, number two was, you guys wanna take a guess on this one? Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So when that trailer initially came out, it's a, it's a failure, it's a dud. No one's gonna buy it, no single player campaign. Where are we at the end of 2018? Number two in sales behind Red Dead Redemption as they always do. Um, number three, another kind of not surprise for the States. Now keep in mind, this is for the States. Uh, NBA 2K19, so basketball game from 2K Sports, uh, always gonna do really well. Followed closely behind by Madden. Now, I, I don't really play too much Madden anymore, but another big one. And the lone ex exclusive on not even the highest selling console right now that did really well is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate coming in at number five. And um, I'll let you guys kind of comment on the uh, top five here just to kind of get your thoughts. What are your thoughts here, guys? Yeah, I bought two copies of Black Ops 4 over the past <laughs> week. All right, so <laughs> I haven't touched it. My kids wanted it. Yeah, unfortunately. So I bought it for myself and, you know, game shared and then I bought it for the other kid. That's all I've been playing. Let me tell you something about that game. Oh, it God. makes people so angry. <laughs> like I've never seen my kids so angry. I can hear them downstairs. This game is trash. That was some trash. And they were 12 years old. I was like, what is happening? What have I done? But I, I, know, I know someone on this podcast that does that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so he's not here today yeah, but he's, yeah. <laughs> it's that other guy um but yeah you know what it doesn't surprise me one bit that those games are where they are um uh red dead a little bit maybe that you know it got surpassed by or it surpassed black ops and um maybe not madden so much but you know nba 2k19 how the 2ks have always done really well madden always does really well smash brothers we knew what was going to happen there um it's yeah <laughs> black ops 4 man is trash <laughs> my kids <laughs> it's not usually, it was on sale so it, it's not usually surprising here um the big question i think coming into the end of the year was will red dead actually pass call of duty um you know and it apparently did it uh so that's interesting i i i think i'm not sure but i think call of duty had been the best-selling game for like 10 years running something yeah, like that Pretty bad, yeah. Um, so that's pretty impressive for Red Dead in that regard. Uh, NBA 2K, I'm kind of surprised NBA 2K outsells Madden. I didn't realize that mm -hmm. it would do that. So because Madden is just giant, but it's no surprise here, and it's just funny as we always talk about these top four selling games are on every platform. Um, they are not exclusives. So uh, Smash Brothers is really impressive, though, especially I think as you said, Bert, that given the uh, install base of the uh, Switch being a lot lower, that it sold so well. So. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I am proud of myself that I still have not picked up a copy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the main difference here, so if you're a European listener or even Australian, I, I know we get some listeners in Australia, funny enough, but the big difference here that switches up um, is FIFA. So FIFA will sub more than likely where Madden goes. Obviously, the rest of the world doesn't care about uh, National Football League as much as um, we do here in the States. Uh, FIFA usually uh, combats with NBA. So NBA is actually really big in other regions like China um, or any APAC or uh, Asia Pacific. Well, I'm here I'm talking in work mode here for a second. <laughs> Over um, the APAC region. Yeah. <laughs> Asia Pacific. <laughs> talk about, uh, the European area, they also like basketball, not as much as FIFA, though. So FIFA jumps all those. Those are the other ones. Uh, Super yeah. Smash Brothers is going to be big globally regardless. 
I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think in the UK, FIFA is number one, like year in, year out. It is. Yeah, it does amazing. Um, and funny enough, F1 sneaks in um, in the top 10 um, of uh, games. I guess you consider that a sports game. So they do pretty well um, in other regions as well. So you can kind of see that there. Um, a couple surprises. I, I, we don't have this in our notes, but um, any any games you think that or you guys thought that would have done really well, but had really poor sales numbers this year? I think if I were, I was looking at these the other day, and I think Battlefield snuck into number ten, if I recall correctly. Yep. Um, which is, I think we've talked about it. I like I like Battlefield Five. I know you're lower on it than I am, Bert. Um, it seems to be really hit or miss with people this year, and I think they've really got to take a couple years off and just rethink what Battlefield is. Um, I think it's stale for a lot of people. We'll see if this Firestorm mode, you know, ignites anything. Uh, a fire maybe in March when it releases. Oh <laughs> shaking his head. Um, but uh, you know what? What else? You know, I'm trying to think of any other big cross-platform releases this year that we were talking about a lot that aren't on this list. Now, yeah, I'm curious. Where, where is Monster Hunter World? Because I don't yeah, think anybody yeah. saw that happening. Let me let me round out the top ten. So Battlefield actually didn't break into the top ten. It's like number fourteen or something. Okay. Um, the the top ten, and so we talked about the top five there. So Smash at five, um, Spider Man, another exclusive which sneaks in, which amazing numbers. We we, we talked about Spider Man doing really well. Yeah. Far Cry Five at number oh. seven. Um, right. They had an amazing spring of 2018. Everybody was talking about that game and everything. God of War coming in at number eight, another exclusive. So good for Sony there. Number nine, Monster Hunter World. Uh, that was the game of the start of 2018. Everybody's talking about it. Everything. So that's that's where that one ended up, Dan. And surprisingly, Odyssey's the one that snuck into the top ten. They had a really good. Um, a really good December and uh, uh, November due to the holiday sales and everything. It did see a price drop there. So that's your top 10 of 2018. Good for, um, good for Ubisoft with Odyssey, man. That team deserves yeah. that really good game. Yeah. So a couple surprises. So exclusives did kind of sneak in there um, for overall stuff. Once again, this is North America. Um, you know, cross-platform stuff is always really going to be the leader uh, just because of the install base. You can't really combat that with exclusives with any console. Um, uh, so there, that those are your sales for this year. Um, looking pretty good. Uh, we, we usually don't talk about sales too much, but it is kind of the talk uh, for the last week or so as to kind of what's going on um, between uh, the end of the year. So that's kind of your summary of what's going on. Let's kind of talk about what's coming in 2019. So we have talked about how crowded the start of 2019 is. And this is just a reminder for you. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I don't really know what I'm getting for the next couple or even few months, um, let's talk about what's coming out. So Kingdom Hearts 3 is gonna be your last big release of January. As I did mention, this is our last vidcast of January, but there's still uh, time for one more release. And that is coming out on the 29th, obviously cross-platform. Uh, make sure to pick it up if you're a fan of the series. Jumping straight into February, Ains, I'll like, like to let you talk about February, and Dan, I'll let you uh, take care of March. So massive months coming up. What, what have we got coming in February? Sorry, January made me fall asleep there. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so February, we <laughs> waking back up. Uh, it's, got... it's only one week, not necessarily because of the game. <laughs> um no, it's cool. It's cool to see Kingdom Hearts 3 actually coming out after so long. And I know tons and tons of people are pumped about it, seeing posts all over the place. So really cool. Uh, we've got Crackdown 3 and Far Cry New Dawn coming out on the 15th. So just a couple weeks from now. Um, 
after that, you've got Metro Exodus still sticking to uh, February 22nd, uh, along with Anthem, which is probably far and large the biggest release in February. Um, and Anthem, remember, if you're an EA Access, Origin Access, or pre-order the Deluxe Edition, I think you get early access to that as well. So um, there's multiple ways you can play Anthem before the 22nd. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in, I'm definitely going to be playing Crackdown, definitely going to be playing Anthem kind of torn on metro right now it looks amazing i just don't know if i'm gonna have time for it and uh far cry i'm just skipping i i i don't want a far cry offshoot at this point in my life uh -huh. damn what's up in march <laughs> <laughs> i really like far cry anyway it's fun but the, i don't have time it's yeah hey, that, that's always the the issue so march we've got devil may cry 5 coming out on the eighth uh the division 2 woo which is looking to be awesome you know, I wish there was a bigger gap between Anthem and that. Yes. Because it's really not enough time. No, not to, at all. No. I mean, and then you add in everything else that they were releasing in February. Uh, Sekiro was a Shadows Die Twice. Yep. Don't know what that means. Um, coming out on the 22nd of March. And Woo. then Yoshi's Crafted World, which looks kind of cool. And um, I'm going to buy it because <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to do even though I have 15 other games that I'm playing before that. But it looks really good. It comes out to 29. Yeah, so like, just let's talk about exclusives just because that's the big talk. So that's the, the big Nintendo exclusive for the start of 2019 is Yoshi's Crafted World. If you're a fan of any of the Yoshi's games in the past, um, you'll probably like this one. It's a really pretty looking game. Yeah, it um, it's a very unique looking game as well. They go for like a yarn look, kind of a uh, arts and craft type feeling when you're like when you're a crafted world, really. Yeah, that's two. You don't. You're only, you're only supposed to get one of those port per bit. Yeah. Um, right. and, uh, other exclusives. We've got Crackdown three in February. So as Ains mentioned, that that's all we have. And then the big one for the start of the year from Sony is Days Gone, and that is not coming out till April. So two big releases that we're most excited for in April. Mortal Kombat 11 um, on the 23rd, so the tail end of April, and also Days Gone, tail end of April, so that's the 26th. So if you're looking to pre-order any of any of these, uh, you know, do it when you can. Find the sales where you can if you get any advantages to that. That is your start of 2019. I guess you could think of that of Q1, kind of moving into Q2. Um, some stuff that you might be interested in there. Let, leave us a comment. Let us know if you're excited for any of these, if you're pre-ordering any of these. Um, there's definitely different ways to get them. And you were talking about EA Access. Does that mean Anthem's going to have EA Access trial mm -hmm. for 10 hours? It does. It's 10 hours. Okay, yeah. cool. That might be what I do. I, I have a feeling Anthem is going to be buggy as hell for the first month or two, <laughs> and it's going to have to be patched like crazy. So There's, some, bu there's some bugs in the demo, um, yeah. which we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, one thing I wanted to add here, just for reference for people, are like collectibles or collector's editions, because yep. there's a lot of weird ones here. Um, so, for instance, uh, Metro Exodus has one. Um, you can find that, I think, uh, in multiple places. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, Anthem does not have a collector's edition. There's just the uh, Legion of Dawn one, which is the $80 digital, you know, kind of bonus. Uh, Division 2, for people who love Division, there are two different collector's editions. One is available at outlets. One is more expensive and only available at the Ubisoft store and was primarily sold at, last week. I haven't looked this week. Last week it was sold out except for the PS4. So you could not get it on Xbox One or PC. Uh, Sekiro has a collector's edition that is only at GameStop. So if you want that, it's only at GameStop. I don't know if it's still available. Uh, I don't know if anyone can check that real quick. 
Um, and then Mortal Kombat 11 has a collector's edition that is only available at GameStop. We talked about it last week. It's $300, which is nuts. And then uh, Days Gone has a collector's edition as well, which is available at all outlets, um, I think, for $150, if I recall correctly, or $130. So kind of a mix of, you know, if you're into collecting these big editions, there's a whole mix of weird places you have to go to to get these uh, if you're into them. Yeah, and also a big one that you purposely left off more than likely. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, does have a deluxe edition. You can get that pretty much anywhere. Uh, you might have seen the news this week, which we didn't really report on it too much, but they have been canceling some of those because they oversold on collector's editions, um, as well as the console that you can get from the PlayStation Pro uh, side of that. So um, definitely, if you did pre-order one of these, check your emails. GameStop has been emailing people. They are offering a $25 gift card if you are one of the unfortunate that did get their pre-order canceled. So check that out. Um, they have, There's a standard one, like I mentioned. There's a deluxe you can get anywhere. So if you're part of any rewards programs, Amazon, Best Buy, and you are not part of the collector's edition ones, then just get that deluxe one. It does come with some extra DLC. So. so so frustrating for people like us who pre-order those things. And then you, yep. if you get that email saying, you know, it's not coming, that's so disappointing. Yeah. And the funny thing is there's a lot of people that have uh, actually put it on social media. They pre-ordered day one. And then they had other people that, you know, pre-ordered two weeks later. They are getting a, uh, a, a PlayStation 4 Pro, but the people that ordered on day one are not. So kind of a negative there. I don't know what GameStop does. As you guys know, I harp on them too much. I'm not going to do it again here. Um, but you know, that's, that's the unfortunate part of retail stuff. So. Yeah. And just for reference, Sekiro's collector's edition, forget it sold out on all platforms. Yeah. yeah and that's a, that's a, that's a cool looking one. And it's not too expensive if I'm not mistaken. I think it's only like 90. Or 90. Okay. One time attack. Yeah. That's what I, I'm and, and, and not to take us off track, but it says pre-order and get a limited edition Katana replica letter opener. Whoa. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> okay. It's on a little stand and everything. So that's cool. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, that's it for our upcoming stuff. Hopefully you got a lot of information there. If you have any questions, maybe we glanced over or uh, went over something too quick, leave it in the comments. We do like to reply to our comments as fast as we can. Uh, Ains and I check them probably throughout the day, three or four times a day to see if something snuck in there. Um, and we can answer that for you as fast as possible. Moving over to our on the spot question. And uh, this is kind of due to some news that has happened this week off of a certain website that snubbed a review again. Um, this is due to the Resident Evil 2 review, incomplete review, yet commented on it as if the whole game was something. I'll let you guys Google that. We don't, we're not really into bashing other outlets, but it does happen. So my on-the-spot question for you guys is, is do you really look at reviews from a specific outlet and let that influence your um, opinion into buying a game at launch? Dan, you go first. Say that one more time. So, so do you look at reviews from a specific okay. outlet and that is your decider for purchasing that game, other than oh. season, other than season gaming, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, usually that's where I go to first, obviously. <laughs> usually, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I used to. I think yeah. back in the day, uh, you know, I used to look at Game Informer a lot. <clears throat> Mostly, I, I guess magazines. Less, you know, but that was so long ago, before we had, you know all this access and stuff um not a whole lot i don't use it to you know I, I think i use maybe more of a uh a mix of several of them just to kind of see what the overall you know feel of it is like a metacritic um, open critic type, right like a metacritic or open critic but not specifically one or two okay. um I, I know people do 
you know, and but but there's the problem is I think you know you get a website like say Kotaku or something, although there's 15 different writers, you know, and every one of them has a different opinion, and they may not review that specific game for you. You might agree with this one guy and say, hey, we got a lot in common. I think you know we we've got you know I I feel like his opinion and my opinion are you know very close. Mm-hmm. except it's this other person that's reviewing it so you can't really go to i think a website maybe a person sure uh, you know but yeah it's it's more of a i buy everything anyway i don't even know what the hell i'm talking about here so <laughs> i just see what happens i you know hasn't bit me in the ass ever how about you Ant? uh i think the dance point i used to more than i do now um I think that you made the excellent point, which I was going to make, Dan, which is, you know, it's hard to say a site and so many people got pissed off about this at IGN, right? And it's like, yeah, it's their responsibility in the end. But when you've got 20, 30 different people doing reviews and they're they're trying to put out a review every single day, it, it you know, it gets difficult for those major sites. I can understand that. I think uh, it's more about the person and the opinion. Um, so what I typically do nowadays is what Dan said, you know, open critic for like a general idea of what the game is trending at. But to be honest with you, I've gamed for so long. I look at this stuff all day, every day. Um, I play every alpha and beta and demo, and you know, I'm just playing stuff all the time. I kind of know what is going to be good now. I know what I like. I know what developers make good products and what developers don't. Um, and so I, I generally have an idea of, of how good a game is going to be ahead of time just from being entrenched in this stuff day in day out i don't need someone else to tell me what they think of it mostly gotcha gotcha yeah me personally i i do the same thing i look if there's something that i was excited for and it's getting like a 30 or something on scores i'm like oh maybe i should (laughs) pass on this one and it's the same thing if there's another game that was coming out i was kind of um you know iffy about it and scoring 90s 95 or something on meta or open critic then i i I will be more interested in it than i was before but i'm the same way overall i kind of know what makes me happy what kind of genres games developers that i kind of gravitate to and i I tend to do that as well so good to hear y'all's feedback on that i i have an article coming out that i'll talk about a little bit later that i'm currently researching and we'll spend more time on that later but uh let's talk about what we're currently playing so a couple big things came out this week um ains why don't you start us out what's what's in your uh your systems. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think overwhelmingly a bunch of people are playing Resident Evil and Anthem. Uh, I am as well. Picked up my uh, copy of Resident Evil yesterday, started Claire's campaign. I'm very early yet and uh, looks beautiful. Really excited to get some more time to put into it. Um, not too much else to say on that one other than check out Dan playing it on Backseat Gaming because it was hilarious. Um, on Anthem. So let me give a a few thoughts here. Um, I've played that more simply because it's the game I've said is up my alley. I'm probably going to be reviewing it for the site. And I played in the alpha, so I wanted to see how the demo compared. And um, it's good. It's very pretty. Uh, Playing on the Xbox One X, it's very pretty. Runs well. Uh, Grouping up and playing together is is fun. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in the world. I love the Javelin customization. So if you haven't gotten in there yet, you can customize every aspect of your Javelin, like even like what uh, the material looks like, like whether it's metal or burnt metal or what have you, and then every single color on different areas. So there's people making Iron Man suits and you know just all kinds of war machine and all kinds of different homages to different you know things in comics and uh, anime. So I, I think that's really neat. I do have some concerns that are starting to come to light. A lot of the gameplay seems very, very familiar in terms of the world and what you're doing to Destiny. 
and it's you know i know a lot of people get mad when they compare to destiny but let's face facts destiny is a huge huge game with millions and millions of players and anthem is not going to be able to avoid those comparisons and it just feels like destiny in a lot of ways so you're running around you're fighting enemies uh you know every scattered all over the place you're picking up resources to make weapon upgrades um the enemies don't really drop loot. You kind of get loot in your backpack that you uncover when you go back to base. And those weapons and stuff have like a base power. So instead of like something like a true ARPG where it shows you your damage per second and the stats and everything on each weapon and you can mix and match, it's like you got a machine gun, it's a 12, and this is a 14. So this 14 is higher than 12. And that's an aspect of destiny that always drove me nuts it's like I, I can do math guys i don't need you to simplify it to like fisher price arpg um and i i feel that's where anthem is going to kind of capture that large audience and that uh i don't know if that's gonna bite them in the butt for um for people like me and it's sorry i need a couple minutes so the the reason I say that is, look how big Diablo is. Diablo has tens and tens of millions of people that play that game. It has sold tens and tens of millions of copies. And guess what? That people playing that game figured it out. Like, you don't have to dumb it down um, to bring more people into the game. And I'm afraid that Anthem is doing that. So um, we'll see what it looks like long term. I'm anxious to get my hands on the full game. Um, but I, I do have concerns. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you guys saw I was falling asleep through all that. Um, I was... Hearts versus Anthem. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Dan. I was just, I was just. Uh, you're fine. I also played uh, a little bit of the demo. I'm gonna probably play it <clears throat> most of the day today. Um, I understand I'm, what you're I'm, saying with the loot. That's. I'm that's, actually curious to hear your thoughts, Dan, as someone who's. Uh, I don't think you're as into no. that stat building as I am, right? No, RPG. Yeah. Right now, I played the crap out of Diablo and. Or Diablo 2 anyway. I played I played them all, but I, you know, Diablo 2 was where it was at, man. Um, but yeah, they've got it figured out, you know, over there, Blizzard. This one, um, it's I, I haven't gotten too much loot. I've only done a couple of uh missions, so I, I it's hard for me to I, I can see where they're going. You can see that there's definitely destiny-ish stuff there, you know, a, a little bit that I've played destiny. Um but for me, you know, I'm fine with them dumbing it down because <laughs> I'm not, you know, I, I can't get in there and, and you know, anything that's going to help me kind of streamline the experience, I think is great. And I think, you know, as a developer, uh, that's probably where they're going with it. And for the more hardcore gamers like, you know, yourself, it, it's hard, to, you know, to kind of find that balance, I think, between wanting to bring all these new people in and give them this experience that maybe they haven't had before, but also keeping those people that really are into those ARPGs satisfied as far as, you know, the loot system and progression and everything like that. There is a ton of customization. It looks like, you know, once you get into it. And I think that's going to obviously, you know, speak to uh, the hardcore gamers and the people that like that kind of stuff. Um, for me, it's going to be like, uh, how much health can I put on this javelin? <laughs> and boost it to as high as possible so I don't die a lot. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's it's the system is, is simple enough to figure out, but it's also got some complexities. But we haven't seen a whole ton of it yet. Right. But, yeah. The, uh, but I'm a, you know, the, the what you see is, yeah, it, it's definitely 
Destiny-ish for mm-hmm. sure. But, yeah. I, you know, aside from all that, gameplay is super fun. I haven't had any issues aside from getting into the demo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and not getting my friend's codes, which kind of sucks, but is what it is. I, you know, um, I love the controls. They're pretty intuitive, um, mm-hmm. except when you're flying around a little bit. I like to run into stuff. Um, <laughs> I just figured out today that if you go really, really low and like kind of skim across the water, it cools down your, mm-hmm. your your javelin and you know you don't have to <clears throat> it doesn't overheat. Cause I was like, this is garbage. You know, I watched all these videos of these javelins, like four of them jumping off this thing, like, hey, and then just iron manning it for like 20 minutes through all this stuff and and they never i never really knew that it overheated so i was like all of a sudden the first time i played it i overheated and then just went i was like this is garbage but (laughs) once you figure that kind of stuff out it's fine i'm sure there'll be ways to you know increase that you know time and you know give you buffs to where you can be floating a little bit longer or flying a little bit longer it's fun it reminds me of if you took destiny you know those kind of aspects and mash it in with mass effect you know i see a lot of mass effect in it um especially i hate to say this but like andromeda just the combat system the way it worked um not so there you know there's not a whole lot of cover base it's a lot more aggressive than uh, andromeda was um but it's fun i've had a really good time even just the few hours i spent with it so yeah, Dan, was, you're the uh you're the third person that i've heard use that exact comparison so really I've heard oh. people say it's Mass Effect combat in a Destiny world is exactly yeah. what the it's, it's really similar. It's probably a pretty good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, it's. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, go ahead, Dan. You're good. No, I was I was waiting for you. <laughs> oh, um, I just remember one of the other things that I find weird is um, so you don't get experience points for killing things. So you can run around and kill things over and over and over again. You get experience point for feats, and so there's this huge laundry list of things like killing things uh, with your special rocket, you know, and killing elite enemies and killing, there's all these other things you get bonus XP for, but you don't actually just get a flat XP for killing enemies. Um, Hmm. So I think that's kind of strange. And um, you don't really, like I said, see loot drops from the enemies. It's like you do things and then when you're done the expedition, you have stuff in your backpack that it shows you at the end. You don't pick things up as you're playing. So uh, just for me personally, I think the Mass Effect, which I hadn't considered, Mass Effect Andromeda meets Destiny is a very, very apt comparison. Um, mm-hmm. Me, I would have preferred Destiny meets Borderlands. Yeah, that would have been uh, cool too. That would have been better to me. Yeah, I like, I like where you're going. But, you know, for Borderlands, it was just so much. You know, like everybody <laughs> dropped everything. <laughs> I mean, you get, but, you know, I love Borderlands too. Um there, there, from, is not, there is nothing better than killing a boss in Borderlands and just seeing like a hundred yeah. likes of loot. It's like, yes, this is <laughs> yes, awesome. It is awesome. Um, aside from the demo, I've been playing uh, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. Is that what it's called? Yep. Um, the good? Super. It's really good. Um, nice. I, but here's the thing. I, this is the third time I've started that game. Not because I haven't liked it, because I start it and then something else comes out. Just It's the old adage. I don't even know what the adage is. <laughs> don't buy so many stupid games, Dan. Um, but it's you know I I, I I didn't get into it as into it as I did like the regular or Dishonored one and two, right? Um, just kind of just some of the mechanics are a little bit different, but it's pretty good. And I'm hoping to finish that up this week. And then I can't really talk about Dreams. I got into the demo or the beta or whatever it is. Yep. And 
it's got some potential. That's that's all I'll say. I mean, I, it, I don't know what the NDA says or what I can talk about. So I'm just gonna say it's pretty cool. There's a ton um, of leak stuff from people. Yeah, that you can see. Yeah, you can get online and see. You know, I think somebody did Dead Space. Yeah, you know, cool. which is awesome. Or that in PT. Did Cuphead? Right? Cuphead. Yeah, I saw the Cuphead one. Right. I haven't got that deep. <laughs> I'm just kind of learning the basics, and it's. I think it's you. Know, you see these games like Little Big Planet or what was the Project Spark back Project in the day Spark. for the Xbox, right? So. I see a lot of. I saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, this is going to flop because gamers aren't creative. Um, that guy's an idiot. So <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of people that are going to, if it's as easy to access as I think it's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to really, you know, at least come up with something small, which I think will be really cool. So, so there's there's an aspect that I I think uh, helps your point there, Dan that I learned about actually just this morning, listen to a different podcast, is that it's a shared, it's not only a shared game where you can say, here's what I created and share it with other people. You can do that all the way down to the asset level. So for instance, say I create a piano. Uh, this was the example they gave on a different podcast. I create a piano. Well, then you can use that piano in your game and say, look, I'm putting a piano over here. And then you could you could say like uh, I wrote a song that you can play on the piano, and then I could take that song and say, look, you can play a song. And so it's all the way down to that minutia in sharing. Mm -hmm. So like, say you want to make a Cuphead game, the assets for Cuphead, Mugman, you know, maybe some of the stuff will already be out there for you to make, right. and you can just add your flair to it. So I think that's going to be a a big thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think I think it's going to. I don't know if it's going to be like industry changing or anything, but I think it's going to. I think people are really going to have fun with it. And I think that, you know, there was, there's no single player. This is all the creative mode that's in the demo. So um, it'll be good. I think people are going to underestimate this one. So that's all I've been playing. <laughs> all right. that's we're it, we're that's finally going to let you talk, Bert. Yeah. yeah sorry, Bert. <laughs> it's going to be a short bit cast, but we're right on time. So we're, yeah. we're good. Um, I'll, I'll be quick um, on my stuff. Uh, I, I've been playing Resident Evil 2. Um, funny enough, playing it again and playing that single-player experience has made me really probably consider that my favorite genre, the single-player experience story with something like that. I, I love Resident Evil games. I've played all of them multiple times, and Resident Evil 2 is, is just great. So if you loved uh, the, uh, the first time you played the original, not the an, entire remake, whatever you want to call this one, reimagining, you're going to love this one too. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's great. Story's great. Um, and then the other cool thing about it is the replayability. Um, I'm about two and a half hours into the game, so not there. But if I remember the replayability, you can play through multiple times. You get different experiences with different characters, etc. So make sure you you play that multiple times if you are planning on picking it up. Um, I did wrap up Horizon Zero Dawn. I mentioned last week I was working on the DLC. I did go back and finish every trophy. If you have, if you were a fan of Horizon Zero Dawn and you have that Frozen Wild uh, DLC disc or whatever, give it a try. It's great. It's something that you are going to feel very comfortable in going back into it. Great story. Starts out slow, picks up, and is, it finishes off really strong. All the new abilities and everything are just a blast, and it. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's only around 8 to 10 hours, so it's not a very super long thing that you'll be very invested into. If you're, if you're trophy chasing, might be around the 15 hour mark, um, that one. Uh, the Anthem demo, I'm not, as you guys know, I the ARPG things are something that to me is just getting kind of a tired genre for me personally. Um, I, I will give it a try, check it out. I did try playing uh, last night while I was waiting for uh, you guys to finish a PUBG match and I got into it. Funny enough, I got kicked out right afterwards and 
thankfully was time to play some PUBG. So um, I've, I've heard all the issues are now gone and people can get in and play it. I will give it a try. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be picking it up at launch, so I'll probably do the 10-hour trial, be happy with that, and then wait till it's all ironed out and actually ready to play. That's where I see myself going in that one. And more than anything, I've really been enjoying the Vikendi update um, for PUBG. It's just awesome. It's As we always talk about, PUBG does very... Um, does some big things that very other, very few games um, can actually give you that that stuff, uh, that feeling. Um, and uh, got that chicken dinner last night, which was fun. Gotten really close to it on a number of other times, so it's kind of cool to return to PUBG and, and play it on the on the X where we're at today. So that's what I'm playing. So just cooking up a little chicken dinner in my pan here. Okay. <laughs> uh, so real quick <laughs> your point about anthem being potentially buggy and your feelings about that so i've seen some bugs in demo um i've now finished two expeditions so in the demo you start at level 10 and you can go to level 15. i finished the first expedition last night and got to like three quarters to level 11. and since then i've finished two other expeditions got a bunch of xp while playing and at the end of the last mission, it said I unlocked a second javelin. You can get a second javelin in this demo, uh, the Colossus it showed. So, but both times I've gotten back to base now, I'm still at the same level and same experience. So it didn't give it to me. And I don't have the second javelin. Mm. Yeah, I so, thought the, the second javelin opened up at 14. I thought so too, but I have it on my screen. It said you've unlocked the javelin and showed the Colossus. And uh, it hasn't given me any XP for two expeditions straight now. Damn, that sucks. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, and they're saying the game is done, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't know what this old, demo build is from. So nice, yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, I, I think the ARPG stuff in general, um, I think they're very hard to launch without bugs. So expect yeah. bugs. I mean, you can't expect a perfect experience at the start. They'll iron them out, and then that'll be the game to play. I'm sure. And but I think, uh, go ahead. I, I think to your point, I think in my opinion, that's why Division Two is going to launch better than Anthem in a better state um, because they're just iterating on all the stuff they've done on division one for three years. Yep. And I think they're just better prepared for that long tail. Yeah. A lot of lessons learned, I'm sure. Cause divisions one launch was uh, not good. Yeah. It was rough. Okay. Um, that's our currently playing folks. Um, we're going to move over to name that game uh, this week. Ains is going to uh, take the reins on this one <laughs> and uh, let's see how we do. So go ahead Ains. <laughs> All right, so keeping track here, we have one question or one game that nobody got, Dan <clears throat> Golgo. Um, other than that, we are all tied with two wins. So whoever wins today will take the lead on the year, or since we started, I should say. Mm. All right, so um, let's see who guessed first last week. I think Dan did. So um, Bert, why don't you go ahead first okay. this week? First sure. question: This game first released in two thousand and one for the PC and 2002 for the PS2 and Xbox. Half-Life. Oh, good guess, but no. What, what year was the first one? 2001 on PC, 2002 for the PS2 and original Xbox. Uh, what did I say last week? If you say Pokemon, I'm going to... Pokemon, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, 19... I'm sorry, I... I'm having trouble focusing here. Say that one more time. 2001. 2001. 2002. 2002. Uh, yes. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I don't know. You can guess. That's it. No. Yes. No. The game contains... Question two. Dan, you're up. The game contains references to Norse mythology. 
Oh, this should be Bert should get it after this one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried. Uh, you know, you always get worried that someone's going to get it super fast, but we'll see. I think I know, uh, it might be, but I could be wrong completely. I got nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> Red Theft Auto 3. <laughs> Is that really your guess? Yeah, right? I have no idea. I mean, I'm just going to throw the weirdest shit out there. If I have no clue, we're just going to go with it. All right. Good. Good to go. Okay. Is it too human? No, no, God, I haven't heard that name in. No forever. shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. He pulled that one out of the corner. Mm. Um, there was a port to the Game Boy Advance in 2003. Oh my gosh. So a game released in some form three years in a row. Jeez, uh, what the hell? Whew, PC moved over to console and Game Boy Advance has Viking references. Seaman. <clears throat> <laughs> that game <laughs> crazy, man. What a game that was. Oh, um, no idea, man. Um, game Boy. Hmm. Game Boy Advance. Uh, which, by the way, when I started doing research, I didn't even know. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just happened to stumble upon that when I was researching it. Uh, Norse mythology. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> Warcraft. <laughs> Actually, not a bad guess. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. All right. Question four. There was later a movie based on the game. Oh, man. Damn it. Oh, yeah, it would have been Warcraft, right? <laughs> <laughs> Warcraft it. again. Or it's not Warcraft. <laughs> oh, crapola. Did Uwe Boll correct uh direct this movie? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I thought he directed all of them. I actually yeah. don't know. <laughs> Has he done all game movies? No. Uh is it my turn? Yeah, it's yeah. your turn still. Uh <laughs> Uh, Turok. Love that game. I love that game. <laughs> I was throwing out. I don't even know when the hell that son bitch came out. That came out on N64. Okay, I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a bad guess, hoping for the next uh, clue. And since I followed up, a Blood Rain? Nope. God, isn't that considered one of the worst movies ever? It was one of the pretty bad. <laughs> All right, question five. There was a sequel in 2003. And there are three games in the entire series. That's a double clue for you. God damn it. Fucking bullshit. It's not Legacy of Cain, is it? No, that's another mm. good guess. That's a though. good guess, though. Mm. Yeah. Was it? I don't know if that ever had a Game Boy kind of version. I can't remember. You know what I, I only heard this week was uh, Amy Hennig did Legacy of Cain. We were talking about yeah. her last week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, trilogy. North Apology. Trilogy was a movie. Um, was a movie. 2001, 2002. Wait, 2003. hold on. Wait, can I ask a question? Now? Is it, was it based on the game? Or the, the movie The movie came out after the game? Came out after the game, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a movie. It's not a movie game. It's a right. Movie. Yeah. The, game, the movie was based off the game. Correct. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> For listeners, this is a lot harder on the spot. Yeah, it does suck ass. It, um, this is one that, yeah, you'll definitely, when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, well, no shit. 
And again, we do that every time, I think. So except for yeah. Golgo. Oh. I don't even know what came out in 2002, man. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I don't even know. Another yeah, great game. When the hell did that come out? It wasn't on PC, though. Yeah, that's bullshit. Game Boy. PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, PlayStation. Um, all right, so we're on question six. <clears throat> the third game was developed by a different studio than the first two games. That helps me zero. That's, um, actually, that's actually a big clue. To who? <laughs> <laughs> um okay so it was on the ps2 yep on the pc it was on original xbox game boy advance game boy advance in 2003 yep no idea now obviously the game boy advance version was very different right than the pc ps2 xbox but yeah maybe <laughs> oh mortal Kombat. i don't know nope. I, I i got nothing Come on, Bert. bring I'm it out struggling, man I have a. I, I'm trying to remember the name of this correctly, but is it the Warhammer series? Uh, no, no. Warhammer okay. Forty Thousand. Yeah. Yeah, and then there had the Space Warrior game that Space Hulk. Yeah, Space Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Warhammer. my guess. Uh, Warhammer. That was my guess. But okay, we're getting there. Don't worry, it's coming. All right, question seven. It took place in New York City and involved the mafia. Took place in New York City and involved the mafia. Is it your turn? Yeah. Uh, I have no clue. God, see, this is the problem, right? I like I thought someone would have had it questions ago. It's so hard when you're coming up with these questions. Is this gonna be a duh thing or is it gonna be a game? Yeah, it's gonna be a duh thing, trust me. You're gonna bang your head yeah. against the wall. <laughs> Just say mafia. Mafia. <laughs> no, because I play the hell out of that, and there's no Norse mythology in that. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, Mafia and Norse mythology. I, I uh, involved the Mafia. Now, remember, I said references to Norse mythology, not that oh. it's a game, you know, that you're playing Norse mythology. So Refer if somebody just says Thor. In well, no, it's more, it's more than that. More than that. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Uh, a true crimes game? I can't oh, remember. Good guess. True Ooh, crimes. That game. That game was awesome. Yeah, no, it's not. That was a good guess, though. Mm. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember when. Yeah. Uh, Command and Conquer. <laughs> <laughs> Command and Conquer, the Mafia, New York. The Mafia edition. <laughs> I have no clue. Civilization, you know. All right. <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. It had a mechanic in the game that was heavily inspired by John Woo's cinematics. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, if Bert doesn't get it on this one, I'm going to smack him. Is it Max Payne? Damn it. Oh, it. I got it. There it is. It? It's got to be it, right? Yeah. All right. The we're, first we're, one? Question I don't, eight. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember the Norse mythology thing. What was that part in? So when I was doing research on the game, hold on. It's the only one I, I could, yeah. I didn't know there was a Game Boy version. Neither did I. Yeah, it's a side-scroller. It's a 2D side-scroller. Yeah, That's a little dumb. different. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Now it makes sense. Horrible movie too. Mark Wahlberg. Freaking Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah. Now I remember that damn movie. And then yeah. Rockstar. Rockstar did the third one. Exactly. Yeah. And and I know you were a big fan of Max Payne three. That's why I was like, there's three games, and the third one was a different studio. Because Sam um Sam Lake wrote the first two for uh, what do you call it? Um, Remedy. 
Yep. Remedy. And then uh, Dan Hauser wrote the third one with Rockstar. That's when I was still PC gaming, too. I played the hell out of that on PC. I tried to give you all the hints. It's just hard when you're on the spot. That's all. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dan. Good Wait. guess. If you beat Bert to it, he would have gotten that one. Yeah, he would have gotten yeah. that one. I think anybody would have. The North thing one. is what threw me off. I would have never guessed. Yeah, that. I never would have guessed that one. So if, if you, you know, look it up and look up the Wikipedia and stuff, it gives you a whole bunch of references it made, like characters That's were right. named and missions and. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Now that I think about it. That makes sense. All right. So you got it on question eight, Dan. Question eight. Nice. Not too bad. Yeah, the, I think, what else did I have? The, my very last question was, it had an effect called bullet time. And if you oh, didn't yeah. get that, I was literally yeah. ending the big cast. Yeah, for that's... Dang it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening to our big cast. That does wrap us up for today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed Name That Game. And as we always say, if you thought that you had guessed it somewhere in question two, three, four, way before us, please leave it in the comments. If you are part of our Facebook group, same thing. We just want to know if we are just that dumb or what it was, or we need to get our video game history down a little bit better, whatever the case is. So thanks for listening to our overall BitCast. Uh, we have a few things coming this week. So if you or have had things coming this week, so we started our first uh, backseat gaming with Dan at the helm in his entire series. We are playing Shadow Warrior 2. Amazingly entertaining game. So definitely tune into that if you can. We do release them on every Friday. Uh, episode one is already out. The one before that, we did a bit of a special with Resident Evil 2's demo before that release. So listen to that if you can. Uh, we are going to have some more videos coming this week. We I, I did mention last BitCast that I was going to have one on a small PlayStation thing that I am going to be doing this week. I just ran out of time this week to where I couldn't get to filming it. But everything's ready to go there. Dan, Ains, anything coming from you guys this week? No, we're trying to get that one series that we've been working on for a long time up and running. We've mentioned it a couple times. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's one of the most extensive series we've done. It takes a lot of work to put it together, so just bear with us on that. But we think you'll enjoy it when it comes out. So pot potentially this week. We'll see. Yep. Dan, how about yourself? Not a whole hell of a lot, guys. Uh, playing some Shadow Warrior 2 here in a couple days. And that's about it. Pulling out your wang. Yep, that's just right. pulling out a little wang. There you go. <laughs> it's gonna happen. All right, folks. Well, you know where you can find us. We're on Twitter. We are now on Spotify, by the way. If you are listening to that, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify. You might have a better experience with your podcast experience there. Well, here on YouTube, you can find us on Twitter, Season Gaming. Our backseat gaming channels on Twitter as well, and you can find each of us on there as well. So thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week this week, guys, and tune in to us next time.